0: And welcome to episode four of How to Beat Exam Stress, the podcast for parents, tutors, guardians, and teachers to help children who are feeling stressed about their exams. With me, your host, Claire Yosa, bringing you practical inspiration that works in minutes and not months. And today, as I promised you, show notes are at beatexamstress.com forward slash podcast forward slash 004. And we're gonna be talking about neuroscience, The neuroscience of exam stress demystified and why it's not all in your child's head and what you can do about it. So if you've got my self-study course, Seven and a Half Exam Stress Quick Fixes, This podcast goes with quick fix number one and you've got an mp3 that you can download for the technique that goes in there. If you've not got it yet, beatexamstress.com forward slash quick fix. This is all about getting grounded. So here's the thing, when we're stressed, whether it's a child with exam stress or an adult with stress, it's easy to get stuck in your head. In the stories, in that self-talk, with the inner critic, It's like a build-up of static electricity waiting to explode with the slightest provocation. This triggers low-level ongoing stress in your body's sympathetic nervous system. That's the fight-flight-freeze response that is trying to decide whether to run from that saber-toothed tiger or take it on in unarmed combat, yeah? Your brain tells your body to fire off stress hormones, including cortisol and adrenaline to get you ready to make that decision and to run. It diverts blood flow from non-essential functions in the body, like digestion, because frankly, who cares what you're doing with your lunch if you're running from the tiger? It also reroutes blood flow in your brain from the prefrontal cortex that does all of that clever thinking, that's great at revising and remembering exam question answers, to the primal part, the bit that's responsible for fight, flight, freeze, and frankly, survival. If your child is stressed, your brain triggers the hormones, the hormones create responses in the body, the body creates the emotions, this cycle goes on and so it feeds those thoughts. They can get stuck in that loop. And here's the thing, it's not all in their heads. Once you've got into exam stress, and you're starting to tell yourself the stories about how you're not good enough, it's too difficult, it's boring, you've had enough, whatever that story is, it is feeding more stress hormones. The body is providing you with the emotional experience for the stress, the anger, the overwhelm, the sadness, the woe is me, The this is too hard, everything. That cycle continues. It's really hard to talk your way out of it. Now, I've seen this in myself so often. Last year, I published my sixth book, but my first novel, my debut novel, You Take Yourself With You. And most of the time, I loved writing it, but particularly if there were bits I was editing once I'd had feedback from my editor, I'd get stuck in my stress head. I would go and tell myself stories about, oh, nobody's gonna like this. Um, It's been described as unputdownable by its readers. Gets five-star reviews. You know, I'm not good enough. Who am I to write a novel? Funnily enough, every time that happened, my creativity dried up and the bits I edited that day, I might as well not have bothered. I had to delete them and redo them when I was in a more positive mood. So I'm also a meditation and yoga teacher. And what I would do when I spotted this is get myself grounded, is get out of my stress head and do things in my body that allowed me to rebalance my nervous system so I could feel relaxed but alert, which is the ideal state, relaxed, confident, and alert, the ideal state for sitting an exam or doing your revision. I would do some deep belly breathing. I would go for a walk barefoot if I could. I would go and do some dancing. Whatever it was that worked for me, I'm back in my body. Because the hard to escape from that adrenaline rush of stress to which many of us, even our children, can become addicted is by thinking your way out of it. By far the best way is to go and do something with your body. When you shift your body, you shift the emotions, you shift the hormones, and you shift the thoughts. So, I want to give you something here on the mind body link. Okay? Unless you're driving, yeah, <laughs> don't do this if you're driving, just imagine it. Wherever it is that you're sitting, I invite you to imagine that you're saying to yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm tired. I'm weak. Yeah, whatever your normal self-talk is when you're beating yourself up, don't make it too big, just threes out of ten. But if you can't think of anything, just tired and weak. Tired and weak. And now try and stand up. That's why I don't want you doing it when you're driving, yeah? (laughs) Notice what you notice. Shake that off, give your arms and legs a shake, wiggle your backside, sit back down. Now, this time say to yourself, confident and strong, I am confident, I am strong. Notice how you're holding your body. I am confident, I am strong. Now stand up. And notice the difference. Okay, you can sit down again. Now, if we were doing this in a workshop together, a lot of the time people fly across the room the second time when they stand up. The power of our self-talk to affect the body is immense. If your child is telling themselves stories about not being good enough, not being clever enough, everything being too difficult, if they're slouching, if they're looking miserable, and they're feeding those thoughts, they're going to be hitting the stress response, then your science will do what it's designed to do. They're going to also be programming their brain, the reticular activating system, the bit that filters sensory input, to notice more examples, to meet those beliefs. If you can help your child to understand the link between the body and the mind and to be able to shake off that negative feeling, that negative mood, and to start thinking about what they are good at instead. Between the body and the mind, you'll shift the self-talk. When you think about confident and strong, or I know the answers, or I can do this, and you start helping your child to look for that evidence, you'll see how their posture changes. You can see on the outside the changes that are happening on the inside. You can use that neuroscience to your advantage. If you get your child noticing what's going well, feeding that self-talk, you're actually rewiring their brain you're training the reticular activating system to look for evidence to support those beliefs instead. That will increase their confidence, it will help them to be relaxed but alert, and it will help them to perform better in their exam. So that's a whistle-stop tour today of the neuroscience of exam stress and how you can help your child If you've not got the quick fix guide yet, it's seven and a half quick fixes for exam stress. You can find it at beatexamstress.com forward slash quick fix. And I'm going to be going into this in a lot more detail in our next live online training, which if you're listening to this live, it's at 7 p.m. on the 24th of April, 2018. That's UK time to get your ticket and join me for that 90 minute live workshop online. Go to beatexamstress.com, scroll down the home page until you find the next live training section. I'd love to share it with you. And over to you. Any light bulbs today? Any insights? Any surprises? What action are you going to take? How could you apply this stuff to help your child to beat exam stress fast? And how might you use it in your own life? To find ways to handle your self-talk that don't involve beating yourself up. I'd love to hear from you. Show notes and comments are over at beatexamstress.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero zero four. And if you found this useful, please subscribe to How to Beat Exam Stress on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you hang out with your podcast. Come over to the website, beatexamstress.com. Make the most of all of the resources there. They're there to help you to help your child. In episode 5 of the How to Beat Exam Stress podcast, we're going to be talking about whether your exam fears are getting in the way of your child's success and what you can do about it. It's a really great topic and I can't wait to share it with you. If you found today's episode useful, please share it on social media, tag some friends in any groups you're in where parents are hanging out that might have exam stress children and let me know how you get on. How do you use this stuff to help your child? Tell me via the comments over at beatexamstress.com forward slash podcast forward slash 004. I hope you have an amazing week.